Thank you. Hi, y'all. I'm in Texas right now, so I'm getting a little bit of the lingo. Um, I'm Marina Savada, and today I'm going to present uh, Tropical Spy, Resident Hacks, and I'm going to tell a little bit of stories um, about physical pen tests that I did as a search engineer. Uh, sorry if I'm a little bit nervous. I am not a natural-born <laughs> English speaker. It's not my first language. I'm from Brazil, actually. Uh, I live most of my time uh, in Brazil, and I only come te to Texas for a few period of, uh, periods of time uh, throughout the year. I am actually graduated in journalism. It's been a while since I graduated, <laughs> but still not technical at all. Uh, this will be important later. Um, I used to work as an events organizer back in Brazil. Um, I used to be the organizer of the biggest hacking conference in Latin America. Actually, for the whole, uh, it was the biggest one on the whole continent. Uh, um, and there I also used to work as a community manager and a volunteer leader. I personally trained over 1,500 people for the workshops and for the event in general as well. Uh, nowadays, I work as a social engineer. So, uh, <laughs> took a little bit of a detour on my career. Um, uh, I had a friend working with a social engineering software and he needed help with the client for physical pen test because he was um, more of a technical person than a people's person. And once he approached me um, asking for help with this one client, I could not say no. It sounded so fun. I couldn't believe someone actually asked me to break in, to, to break and enter a company and make money out of it. <laughs> and after the first that first time was uh, love of love of at first assignment, and I never stopped um, breaking and entering under contracts, of course. Uh, and from that, I started working with awareness as well and training, security trainings, um, and also advisory. And nowadays, I work with, um, with Blackbot, which is an offensive security company. Um, and that's a little bit about me. Now. We shall proceed to the stories that I'm going to tell about this um, this one client that was really, it was one of my first clients. Uh, therefore, I didn't actually quite grasp uh, on what I was doing, but I was not just, uh, I was not uh, a rookie anymore, like not a complete complete noob anymore so I did have some tricks on up my sleeve and I used them all and they work wonderfully so I'm gonna tell a little bit of that of those stories um, usually when I present this talk I do it for a way um, more beginner crowd uh, so it is usually very surprising that a person coming from the humanities uh, side of like the academy uh, went for hacking, and um, it's it doesn't sound weird at all to me. 
uh, once I read the Hacker Manifesto, this, and this is the part that I read that really resonated with me, uh, I understood that it actually, it, it doesn't matter your background. Hacking doesn't care about that. Hacking is about mindset and philosophy and a set of skills that you can um, perform and perfect. And that was the thing that really stayed with me. Uh, once I uh, once I became a social engineer. Also, since I'm gonna tell a little bit of a phys of physical pen test stories here, I'm gonna talk about manipulation, and uh, I'm probably gonna talk about some scary little things that sound like dark magic whenever we talk to like a normal and and you know beginner crowd, and people tend to be scared. And therefore, I, I kind of stole this idea from Jason Street, where he puts like cute puppies and kittens on the screen. <laughs> Just so people remind, deep down inside, we're cute, we're, we're nice, little fuzzy, smiley creatures. Uh, and since I'm from Brazil, I brought a, a bunch of little cute, uh, small little Brazilians, Brazilian animals. <laughs> so remember when, and whenever you feel like, um, I've gone too dark, too fast. Remember the little sloth hugging the the cute puppy <laughs> and all of these cute animals deep, deep inside. That that's what I look like. So we're gonna start this assignment with. Um, there was a lot of things that I did actually to uh, get in, uh, get inside this client. Um, the way I passed their initial access, which was the reception. Um, it was actually very, very, very easy. They sounded like so um, scary when the, the client first talked to me. And let me tell you, um, Brazilian clients, they are not super used to uh, physical pen test. Uh, the physical, the security mentality and maturity back in Brazil it is not that great so clients are it, it is are very scared pretty much all the time so you gotta ha you gotta be a social engineer from the sales uh to the delivery of the report you gotta make them very comfortable you gotta make them trust you gotta make them uh, come to you and actually be excited that they're being <laughs> invaded uh so this client was a huge uh, medicine producer. It's not it's not only national, it's a global uh, medicine producer. And they wanted me to to break in a bunch of their uh, secure rooms and labs. Uh, so it was I think it was my second or, or third assignment, actually. And their reception had this x-ray and um, the x-ray line and you couldn't get in without a direct permission from someone. So what I did there, and it is very good to say that I did not did any kind of OSINT beforehand because the client didn't allow me. Remember when I told you the security maturity uh, back in there is really low? Clients are scared of OSINT. So reconnaissance, uh, reconnaissance, it's not very common. 
you you gotta really put yourself at risk in improv if you don't want to fright the client in that case so yeah that was that was a little bit crazy but uh i managed to not go through the x-ray and managed to uh, bypass the direct uh, person letting me inside by uh just asking the reception what was their email so i went there i didn't have any clearance uh no one inside could you know let me in so i didn't have a direct order or a direct permission and still there was the x-ray as well i had all my things with me so i'm like oh man the second i go through this x-ray they're gonna they're gonna smell something fishy especially because i don't have a direct order to be in here so what i did is uh, I told them a sad story. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so late. I can't believe they didn't uh, they didn't send you the email telling me that I was gonna be here. They were supposed to do it. Uh, do you have like an email here for the reception that I can just you know confirm to them that they sent it to the right place? And sure, as the sun would rise, the 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 guard the guard there was like oh yeah we have the email and the email of the reception is this so what i did was very basic i went to gmail and created a fake account and went to google and typed logo.png for the company so i can have a uh, so i have I, so i could have credibility on my signature i went to instagram and checked the who has done check-ins uh, on site there so I just grabbed a random picture of an employee and put it out as my profile picture on the fake Gmail and then I just sent them the fake uh, email with the signature and the employee pick with just with this generic test text and the subtitle was like uh, the way companies uh, call like the acts the initial access uh, permission which is like a call. Uh, so I used that on the subtitle just to look a little bit more technical. And I added my uh, description on the body of the email and sent them and waited a little bit. And I'm, I'm telling you, all this took like 10 minutes from my smartphone. So whenever I came back to the reception, I was already, you know, sweating and very agitated and i'm like do, do, did any of them called you here and the guard was like no no calls and i'm like so at least someone came here to let me in she's like no no one came here i'm like okay i think i'm just you know gonna come back another day because this is quite just disrespectful actually uh but just to be sure uh did someone emailed you and she's like i don't think so like okay but you know you could you could you just check just to be sure so i don't you know go away for nothing and then she checked uh and the guard saw the email with the employee picture and uh and the company signature and all and she was like oh yeah it's right here you know you can totally come in uh it's good like it's so hot outside here and you're you know with your little suit so you know just come in you're good to go it's like yes so I got inside the campus, um, which was a huge campus. It was like 12 buildings, I guess. All of the buildings had labs 
and uh, my I had several missions. One of them was to steal medicine from the distribution center. Uh, and that was like the main, main big one um, mission. So what I did for that, I went to the building. It was as simple as asking people around where the building was and reading signs. No one followed me, no no security um, accompanied me through all the campus once I was in. It was just pretty easy, actually. Once I found the building, the distribution center, uh, I stepped inside, I looked around, and I saw the door of the changing room, the, the locker room. I was like, oh, you know what changing rooms and locker rooms usually have? very easy uh, to lockpick lockers, usually filled with uniforms or even employee clothes. So credibility, right? I wanted to build this costume for me. So I went there and uh, lockpicked a few of the, of the lockers and I found myself this hard helmet. I had this ear protections. Of course, I didn't put it on me because you put... <laughs> I had it. I had it on me for credibility. I found also those um, the lanyard because I didn't had so far. I had their fake badge because of uh, you know I found, I found it on on social media social media before uh, doing OSTI my OSINT for my own. Uh, I just have this fake badge with their fake logo and uh, my picture on it, and it's just written IT support. Very general. Um, so yeah, I found the lanyard, the lanyard, the ear protection, the heart helmet, and I put all of that on to look like an employee. And then I found the cleaning crew locker with other equipment that didn't even need lock picking if I wanted just the clothing because the locker was a very old locker and if you just pushed it through the gap, you could actually reach the uniform. Uh, but I also wanted like the cleaning products and the shoes as well, the cleaning shoes as well. So I did lock pick that locker and I put, a, I put it on the whole uniform to look like, you know, um, the cleaning crew. And I looked extremely legit. And from what I've seen, I only did all of this because once I stepped inside the distribution center and looked around, before I saw the locker room, uh, I saw the entrance point to the uh, to the inside of the distribution center. And the enter point was it looked difficult. It had like very heavy iron bars with a guard behind the iron bars. It had this uh, second, it has this like chew uh, factor tur uh, iron turnstiles with like chew batch readers. It was, it, it looked very, very hard. I was like, okay, I really need to look like not a threat at all. Uh, and I did. Once I stole all of this, I looked. I looked at myself and I was like, "Wow, I'm probably never gonna get caught." And that's kind of not what I want. <laughs> I, I, of course, I don't want to get caught, but I want to give the client the benefit of the doubt. So just so don't my, so just so my report doesn't just look like 
uh, a complete disaster for the client. I want the client to be proud of a few things, especially if one or two people at least spot me or confront me. There's, that's also good enough for me to put in the report so it just doesn't look like a massacre. Um, so once I looked myself in the mirror as the cleaning crew, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna get caught at all on this. So I just took it off, everything off, put it on my backpack so I had the uniform uh, with me the whole day in case I needed. And I uh, also added on the list of loots for the client after that. Of course, I gave it back. Uh, and I just walked in the distribution center. Uh, it was not that hard at all. Uh, even without the cleaning crew um, uh, uniform, once I approached the turnstiles, I looked at the guard that was behind the bars, and I told this very unrealistic story that I was the IT support, and I had received those really weird notifications uh, coming from the security cameras inside a distribution center. And I just needed to check if everything was okay and plugged right. So, you know, because security cameras are important. Um, and he literally let me in, he batched me in. <laughs> that was the story I told. And um, not only that, but I also asked this this guard, the security guard, to show me where all the security cameras were, and he took me to, uh, to a tour around the distribution center, literally pointing me where the cameras were. And once he did that, I was like, okay, now I need to get rid of this guy. So what I did was I, I looked for minutes and minutes to each one of those cameras, just like wondering, just looking at it. Wow, yeah, I don't know. So at some point, this security guard, guard got bored and he realized that I was gonna take my time looking at these cameras. So he was, uh, so he just left me there and he's like, do you remember the way you came in, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. Uh, and he said, then, you know, I'm gonna wait for you right there. So whenever you finish, just go back and let me know. And I'm okay, no problem. Uh, I also had a little bit of, you can see in the pictures, but I had this um, specific makeup on. I had my nose kind of reddish, like if I was like rubbing it a lot. And I sneezed and coughed uh, very loudly for a bunch of times. Because if anyone there wanted to approach me, this the distribution center was not empty. And I didn't want no one coming near me because I was gonna I was about to open boxes and steal medicine from it. Uh, it was the beginning of winter, so it is very common for people to get sick, and no one wants to get sick. So if I coughed and sneezed a lot, no one would actually want to get too near me. They I would just be avoided, and that worked. I was completely avoided. Uh, so I was able to steal the medicine. I put I put the medicine all inside my clothing, and I went back to the turnstiles, and the guard badged me out. And then I showed uh, I sent the pictures. All of these pictures and videos I sent them uh, real time to my client, which is usually the security team uh, that hires me. 
So they are they spend the whole day cheering and like they get to play RPG uh, the whole day with me as their character doing the missions around for them. So they uh, they are like, very excited throughout the whole day. Uh, we keep in touch the, the whole day actually. So yeah, I sold the medicine. I sent them the picture. Uh, the picture that I sent them is from the locker room. So immediately as I stepped outside the distribution center, went back to the locker room and, and sent them the pictures with the medicines. And they're like, oh man, this is great. It's gonna be this look this is gonna look good in the report. Because they want they wanted to approve uh, some budget, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, and they were like, and and then they said, now you need to uh, you know, put the medicine back there. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not only I had to go once, I need I needed to go twice. That was a lesson I learned through throughout the assignments. That that was not the first and <laughs> not the last time uh, a client asked me to redo what I've just done because I stole some because I stole something and I needed to put it back. So I did. I had to go back there, and the security card just batched me. And again, I told him the story that, oh yeah, I I forgot one camera, and he's like, okay, uh, and batched me in, and uh, I put the medicine back, and I'm, I and on my way, um, to go out again, I saw that he was not in his station. And right near his stations, there was a there were there was a bunch of um, control computers, like uh, control station computers for for the distribution center. I was like, oh, you know what would do very good here? USBs. So I plugged USBs uh, on all the computers. Of course, uh, uh, recording videos and sending them to my to my client. Like yeah, I'm just playing playing around here with my USBs to your, you know, distribution center, uh, control control computers, and that was that was the, the distribution center part, and <laughs> that was the big big mission that the client uh, had told me that it would take forever, and then the client decided, well, since you already done that, because it was I did it in like three hours, it was it didn't. It didn't take that long. Uh, since you're already done it and we still have the whole day, we could we might as well just give you a very hard mission. I'm like, oh, this this wasn't a very hard. Great, that sounds like fun. What should I do now then? They were like, okay, so we have the labs. The labs are where we actually do the medicine. It's where the production of the medicine happens. So if you were able to get inside the labs. This should be very, very bad. This is like a very, very um, big vulnerability. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. And um, they, they, they try to scare me a lot. The, the client now became like very serious, and we're saying, no, oh, the labs are, uh, their labs are hidden in, in the, in the buildings, and each lab has. Um, password control access, uh, two password control access, and in between them there, it, there is this vacuum chamber, and you also gotta have the lab, all the lab equipment, and we just don't, 
you know, people just don't leave the lab equipment around. They're specific for lab workers. Uh, and then after the after the vacuum chamber, uh, then it's the access to the actual labs. I'm like, okay, sounds like fun. Um, so what I did is I found the labs really easily by just asking people around again, like, hey, you know where the lab entrance is? Oh, yes, little girl. It's right there. You turn right. Gonna see this door, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and then I got to the lab very fast, um, and I found myself looking at this password pad, which had numbers faded on it. So, not very hard to just try to fade it once enough so the door opens. And uh, there was me inside the vacuum chamber already. And I looked around the vacuum chamber and I noticed there is a lab disposal uh, uniform bin. And, you know, as a, as a good um, dumpster diver, uh, as, as social engineers usually are, uh, I carefully opened it because I didn't know what kind of lab was that. Um, and it was pretty clean, actually. It looked like no one ever hardly touched that. And there was like a whole entire lab clothing there. And I was like, damn, awesome score. I put it all the lab attire and uh, the second door. The second uh, password pad was also very faded. So from the from the comp from the company like street to the building itself, it was just asking to the building itself to the lab door. It was just asking from the lab door inside the vacuum chamber. It was the password pad with faded numbers. Inside, there was the, the whole lab uniform, which I could steal and dress myself in it. And from the vacuum chamber to the actual lab was another pad with, uh, with was another password pad with faded numbers. So all, again, very easy to guess. Once I guessed, I was in that entire uh, part of the assignment. I think it was like 40 minutes. Uh, and I was in, and then I texted the client, and, hey, I'm inside the lab, and just like showed him pictures and videos of me strolling around and, you know, taking a glance of the machines. There was like, there were in the hallway. Sorry. Um, and it was, it was easy as that. <laughs> it's not that hard. So I sent the client the pictures of the things that i stole there's another hard helmet i stole a bunch of hard helmets actually and uh, i had printed with me uh lots of labels with um various uh titles i had like board member so i could put on my heart helmet i i had support i had maintenance i had like all those labels that i just glued to the hard helmets uh, I, you, as you can see there, I have the lab term is the white one, 
is the white one. I have the cleaning uh, uniform as well. I have the all the protective equipment for the maintenance crew as well, because I I stole that from uh, a different different locker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the lanyard. I got all the spoils there. And uh, there's me. Oh, here's me at the lab. This is uh, the picture I sent the client once I stole all the lab attire and put it on and, and walked inside the lab. So that was that was quite fun. Uh, and that was pretty much it. I do have another story, very interesting story from this client specifically, but I'm just uh, I'm just gonna stop real briefly and um just to check my time is how are we on time patrick you're doing great you have 20 minutes left oh so, so we're good should we yep. um stop at any point for questions yeah we have some questions that have come in the chat so i can read them off to you okay um just so a quick um tail then before i end the presentation all of this i of course, I was caught by cameras all the time. I was caught by cameras on the labs. I was caught by cameras uh, on the distribution center because I literally, the guard just literally took to, took me to each and every one of the security cameras. So I wondered if I could tamper with the security cameras. And uh, just reminding all of you, I'm not technical at all. I'm just I'm um, I'm just focused on social engineer, uh, social engineering and um, physical assessments. So once I found the security camera rooms, which was also not hard, again, asking around and following signs, um, there was this very heavy, huge metal door with uh, the intercom and like two cameras right there. Uh, and after that, there was another very heavy uh, metal door. So it was like a two-stage metal door uh, to inside of the security cameras room. And all I did was I literally <laughs> knocked at the door and waited for a guard to open it up for me. And I literally asked, uh, did any of you called DIT? And it worked. Everyone, everywhere, at every given point in time, called IT to solve, I don't know, air conditioning problems, printer problems. Everyone called for ID for IT. So that worked. And since I'm, you know, small, tiny, very uh, nice and empathetic, um, I didn't raise any suspicions at all. And I, I, I have this video that I cannot show it, of course, but the the video is just me like doing a 360 of all the camera monitor monitors and all the camera the control machines as well, and I am literally just plugging and unplugging USBs left and right and doing this contemplating face like hmm no this is weird is the internet connection slow here. It's not supposed to be behaving like this. Just, I'm, I'm gonna call my manager. Just and I left without resolving any problems and having tempered 
with the machines and putting USBs everywhere up in uh, left and right. Uh, so yeah, I could have I could have stole the the all the all the footage as well if I wanted to. So steel medicine went into the labs and tampered with the cameras, and that was just like three missions. That took me like four or five hours total. And I usually go for like eight hours on the client. Usually, it depends on what the client wants. So yeah, that was a that was a fun day. That's it. That's my my last story. <laughs> Can go for questions. I think yeah. Um, thank you all. Uh, I'm gonna be answering questions now. I'm again very sorry for my broken English. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, my name is Marina Chavada. I have uh, all those social media pages if you want to follow me. I teach social engineering tricks. Uh, I show a lot of hacking conferences and I share a lot of hacking content on, on those so social medias, especially on Instagram if anyone likes Instagram at all. But um, if you want to keep in touch and know a little, about, little bit more about my job and uh, get to know other stories that's that's it that's that's how you can reach me thank you very much thank you marina that was a great presentation a lot of folks were really engaged in the track um you got a lot of kudos one of the questions that they had um it's it's came from two different users so i'll try to combine them so one of them asked have you been on a mission here yet in the united states or in other countries because they're trying to figure out if there are any differences culturally when it comes mm -hmm. to social engineering like in one country versus another have you had a chance to do more than one country in the united states uh no i haven't done any physical assessment assessments here i only have done uh, um, a few osint assessments i cannot wait to go for a physical pen test here in america uh, brazilians are very non-confrontational like extremely non-confrontational um and, and americans on the other hand it's not that it's a more confrontational culture but it's a more um it is it doesn't share so many um fears as the brazilian as the brazilian ones you got a you know more balanced uh power distribution here so by saying that, I mean, people are not as afraid as reaching out and confronting an, an invader if they are afraid or suspicious at all. So that should be a very nice challenge. I think that should be a very interesting one because um, I'm not making less of anyone here and I'm not like not being polite to any clients, like not at all, but it's kind of easy when you don't have confrontation at all uh, and that's pretty much what happens in most of the clients back in brazil so i think it would be a very nice very very nice challenge it should be fun oh that's great thanks so we had a, a question here from our jp so during these social in, uh, engineering engagements do you feel nervous sometimes not all times. Um, most of the times I am very excited. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, 
Uh, I'm most excited when people, when the client tells me there's going to be armed guards. Um, <laughs> and I understand that's a privilege. Uh, it's a, it's a hundred percent, it's 150% a privilege to be excited when you hear the word armed guards. But I come from a country that it's, you know, not the best. It's one of the most violent countries in the world and, um, prejudice and bias and everything bad you can imagine. It's, it's like a day to day normal culture for for us so being able to face the danger i'm a i'm come from a, a rioter um background i come from like lots of protest protests as i was <laughs> in college and was a little bit younger I'm not that young anymore but um whenever i have the chance to try to stand up and face dangerous situations and try to come out of it with a good, uh, maybe a report or a, a personal lesson or even a professional lesson. That's, that's what makes me excited. So when I feel nervous on a client, on an assessment is when I don't think the client is understanding in the assessment or I'm not gonna be able to, to go for the full potential of the assignment. It's just gonna be a boring one. Then it's where I get nervous because it's it feels like it's not worth the risk, kinda. Okay. Usually it's not it's not a common thing. Usually clients are really excited with the with the physical assessments, and I have a lot of chances to go for the crazy and dangerous situations, but it already happened a few times. So that's what makes me nervous. All right, thank you. Um so encrypted ask. What do you focus on most when you're preparing for an assignment? What I try to focus most are access points. Back in Brazil, for example, things uh, it's a poor country, so things don't usually work. They actually almost never <laughs> work uh, the way they're intended to. So even if you do a lot of research beforehand, it is highly probable that on the day of your assignment, everything's going to go wrong. No one's gonna be on the on the way on the places that they should. Uh, the manager is out because I don't know he's sick. Um, there's a bunch of meetings that went wrong and the the whole schedule changed. So you gotta be able to improv a lot, a lot, and it's the improv preparation that is the things the thing that I go for first. And for improv, even for improv, you do have to preparate yourself. You have to imagine a wholesome of um, varieties of, uh, of everything that can take place. And by that, you have to study where the teams are. And if you study uh, your map first, then you have wriggle room, uh, kind of on, on, on a literal way. You know where to run if everything goes wrong. You know how to access new points of you know of, of your assignment of your um, assignment uh, or to make new targets do you know where they're based on so what I try to do firsthand is have a very good mapping idea where is things where are people and how can I run from one place to the other one uh, to 
make my improv way better because I know things are going to go wrong. I am 100% sure things are going to go wrong. I I prepped for this. I did my reconnaissance. Uh, I talked to the client. I did the whole briefing, but I know on the day of action, things are going to go wrong. And I got to be able to have as much confidence as I can to improv my way out of problems and complete my missions. That actually leads us to a question from Mathilde. So they ask, how would you advise us to develop our improv skills to be able to talk in, to be able to talk our way in like you did? Uh, listening to stories are very useful. Uh, they usually give you a few, um, a way more light on characters you can develop or how, how different people react to different stories. But what I would mainly advise is for you to train your people's skill. Uh, you got to be uh, confident enough that you can bring up any subject with anyone and you can make people feel comfortable around you and you can make yourself feel comfortable uh, on your own skin because if you're not, you're going to get caught. If you're not 100% comfortable on your own skin, you can bet you're going to get caught because you're going to start sweating. You're going to start hyperventilating. You're going to make rash decisions on the wrong uh, timing, uh, and it's not going to help you. Improv is all about having the right hunch and going for it on the right timing, on the right pace, so you don't get, you don't get caught. If you do that, you can find uh, valuable targets. You can, you know, take your time to do your reassessment of the situation. If you have enough, uh, if you're comfortable enough in your skin, you are definitely going to be able to develop your, yourself more as a people's person and be able to take a screening of your surroundings and actually do what you need to do. So my advice would be work on yourself, work on your mental health, work on your people's skill, uh, work with psychological uh, studies. They're really good. To study psychology is very important for you to be a social engineer. Because even if you're not super good with people, you do have to understand them. I mean, it's it's a social engineering. It's right, right there on the name, so. <laughs> Thanks, Marina. I guess uh, myself, I'll, I'll add that I took part in the improv session. They actually had two improv sessions as part of layer eight. Um, they had one yesterday between 6 and 8 p.m. and they had one this morning between 8 and 10 p.m. I'm sorry, 8 and 10 a.m. And that was with the Improv uh, Providence Group. Uh, improv Pig is uh, their hashtag. So if anybody else wants to take part in any improv run by uh, the Improv Group, that's where they can reach them. I think that's the end of the questions. Uh, Marina, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and, and your skills with us. That's, that was my, my pleasure. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, again, very sorry if I stuttered a lot, <laughs> but I'll be around on the Discord channel, I think, the whole day. So if anyone wants to catch up and do me any more questions, I'll be glad to answer them.